For my high school graduation, my grandmother, who lived in California, Southern California, uh, bought me a watch. And it was an Omega Seamaster watch. At the time, it cost around $100, which was a lot of money in 1971 for a watch. And being a high school kid, I wore that watch. Being an irresponsible high school kid, I wore that watch, scratched it up, beat it up, wore it my first year of college. Being an irresponsible first-year college student, I beat that watch up until it just finally fell apart. I didn't know what I had, and I didn't know how to take care of it. And so I uh, would uh, throw that watch in my top dresser drawer wherever I lived, put that watch uh, it just eventually just fell apart. The crystal fell off of it. The um, the leather band uh, just just basically disintegrated. It broke and disintegrated. And so I kept all these watch parts in a baggie like this. And for years, ever since I was in college, I would carry this watch around with me everywhere in this baggie and in our wherever we lived it was in my top dresser drawer and from house to house I don't know how many hundred times we've moved in our in our lives but every time I would keep it in my top dresser drawer well about 10 years ago I was looking at that watch and I just thought you know I wonder I mean I wonder if that would be worth restoring I happened to be in a jewelry, saw a jewelry store that had a, a repair shop and they sold Omega watches. And I thought, I wonder if this would be worth restoring. So I got the baggie out and I took it to the jewelry store and I asked the guy behind the counter there, I said, uh, and I just opened it up and I dumped these watch parts out on the count on the glass counter. And I said, would this watch be worth restoring? So he started going through there and looking at stuff and moving parts around and he said, hey, Bill, come and look at this. So this guy comes from across the store and they're both looking at this going, through, wow. And, and, I, and I said, so is this worth restoring? And Bill said, I'll say it's worth restoring. He said, this is a vintage Omega Seamaster watch. Do you not know what you have here? And I said, no, I got it from my high school graduation. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, this would definitely be worth restoring. And so I restored that watch. It cost me $550 to have this watch restored. And this is it. And I'm wearing it. And they, they sent it to Switzerland, to the Omega Company. And they restored, they not only put a band on it, and a, I mean, I had lost the parts. It has the original face on it, but it's a new crystal, uh, a new stem. Its original hands were still in there, and I'm, I'm shocked that they survived because they were loose. They weren't even attached to the, to the uh, watch. But it's a new crystal, a new band, and these are genuine Omega parts. The band is stamped Omega. The new clasp they put on it is, is an Omega watch clasp. And this watch has been restored to its original condition. This is originally what this watch looked like. I want to talk to you today about restoration restoration 
This scripture, Acts 3, 19 through 21, that I had you turn to, says this. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration. Everybody say restoration. Until the times of restoration of all things. Wow, will this preach? Until the time of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. The prophets have been speaking restoration, restoration. God is going to restore. Old Testament prophets were constantly prophesying gloom and doom that this is good. You've been disobedient. This is going to happen to you. That's going to happen to you. All these things are going to happen to you. But they would always then connect with restoration. Then they'd say, but... God will restore. God will restore. Whatever the enemy takes from you, God will restore. Today I want to talk with you about restoration. Restoration, first of all, is when something was present to begin with. There are two actions that God that God does in our lives. One of them is when God creates something that wasn't there before a creative miracle or God creates something in our hearts I had never experienced true joy until I made a decision to follow Christ and when I did that and the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of me he didn't restore joy I had never had it he created joy bam and for the first time in my life I experienced what true joy was that was a creation but the Bible says that God that is talking about the times of re- restoration of all things. And restoration is when something was present to begin with. God can't restore something that wasn't there. I, can't, I cannot restore a 2020 Jaguar. Because there ain't none yet. 25 years from now, 30 years from now, people will be restoring them, but we're not restoring them today because they don't exist yet. The word restoration in the Webster's Dictionary means to repair or renovate something so as to return it to its original condition. This watch has been restored to its original condition. It looks exactly, I'm talking about the dimensions of the watch band. I'm talking about the watch clasp. I'm talking about every single thing. This has been restored to its exact original condition. And that's what restoration is. Now, restoration is what is restored uh, when when restoration is when restoration occurs what is restored is still valuable or useful you're not going to restore something that's not going to be valuable or useful when i poured these watch parts out on the counter well it wasn't these it was you know this is a prop when i dumped these out on the counter and i said is this worth restoring i didn't ask them can it be restored because sure anything for a price yeah for a hundred million dollars of course we can restore it no the question is is it worth restoring and the answer was oh yeah restoration 
occurs when the cost of restoration is justified. I paid, this watch cost, uh, my, my cousin Laurel uh, was actually with my grandma. She's just a little girl. She's actually, John and Laurel watch us on uh, from uh, Newport Beach, California. They watch us every week. Hey, John and Laurel. And Laurel was just a little girl when, and she went with my grandma to buy this watch for me. And she said, cost probably about $100. I spent $550 having this watch restored. And uh, I had it appraised. It's worth a little over $4,000. Now, I realize that many of you are wearing watches that cost more than $4,000, but that's a, that's a pretty big increase from a $100 watch in 1971. That's 40 times what my grandmother paid for it. And so the cost of restoration, is the cost of restoration justified? Just because something can be restored doesn't mean it should be restored. Uh, some years ago, uh, Connie and I were uh, going out with some people from the church out for ice cream, and uh, Connie made a turn, and Connie got ice cream again. I've only, in the last 30 years, I've only had ice cream three times. Once was then, and the other one was two times this past weekend. You don't believe that, do you? Let's just move on. Um, and so we actually were going with some people from the church out for ice cream, and uh, Connie got T-boned in an intersection, and she had a uh, 2003 Toyota Camry, and she loved that car. Actually, I, I loved that, that car. I would get in that car and think, man, this thing is so smooth. This ride's better than my car is is a whole lot newer than this and I kept talking to her you need to you need to trade car you need to trade up and get a newer car and I like this car and man it was so nice and so smooth and uh but she got she got t-boned and it totaled her car uh and Mike McCormick I don't know if Mike's in this service but Mike Mike and uh Tony McCormick were with us and some other people from the church and uh after the police report was done I mean we had to take a crowbar and pry the fenders off of the tires just so the tires were, would roll because I was going to rather than call in a wrecker I was going to see if I could just hobble this car home you know just just see if I could drive it and I so we we pried the um the fenders off of the tires and I started the car up it started right off and so I started, started driving down the road in this car. The whole side of it's caved in. The car is totaled. The, you know, the glass from the windshield is laying in the passenger seat there. And I'm driving this car. And I, get, I go faster and faster and faster. And then I get up on 540 doing 70 miles an hour. This car is just as smooth I'm thinking, I cannot believe, this car is total. I've, I've got to restore this car. I'm not going to let this car go. I'm, I'm driving this car. It's totaled, and it rides like a brand new car. So I called, talked to the insurance company, and even though it could have been restored, it wasn't worth the money to put into it to be restored. So when we restore something, first of all, it has to be something that existed before. Second of all, it has to uh, be still valuable or useful. And thirdly, the cost of restoration has to be justified. And the cost of restoration for that car was not justified, even though it could have been restored. The cost of the watch was justified. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 through 21. Let me tell you something. God loves restoration. 
God is in the business of restoration and restoring lives. Restoring things that you once had and you have lost, God is in the business of restoring things. Remember what Acts chapter 3 verse 19 through 21 we read? It says, heaven must receive Jesus Christ until the times of the restoration of all things. Can you imagine? You know what all things is? It doesn't say God's going to restore a few things. <coughs> it says God's going to restore everything. He's going to restore all things. So just think about what you have lost, what you had, and you've lost it. You no longer have it. Get that in your mind because today's message is all about restoration. <clears throat> I'm believing that God is going to restore my college physique. Now, the Bible says nothing is too hard for the Lord. Paul Queen is restoring a 1964 Dodge D100 truck. And when you talk to Paul about this, it's obvious he loves it. I mean, when I talk to Tammy, Tammy says, yeah, I haven't parked my car in the garage in months because the, the truck is in there and Paul's restoring it. And this truck is going to be gorgeous when he finishes it. But when you talk to Paul about restoring this truck, it's obvious by the look on his face how much he loves it. He loves restoring. He doesn't want to go buy one. He wants to restore one. And God loves restoring lives and restoring what's in, what was in our lives. It says that God restores all things. God restores broken lives, broken hearts, broken marriages, broken relationships, broken finances, and broken dreams. God restores those. Let me talk to you a little bit about some of the things that the Bible says God restores. In Psalm chapter 23, some of you have learned this scripture before years ago. Maybe Psalm chapter 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores, everybody say restores. restores. He restores my soul. Man is a three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. Your body is the flesh part, flesh and bone part of yourself. Your soul is the internal, the eternal part of you. What did I just say, your soul or your spirit? I messed up here. Can I start over? I'm going to anyway. Your body is the flesh and blood part of you. Your spirit is the internal eternal part of you that lives forever your soul is your mind will and emotions and the bible says here that god will restore our souls god repairs our soul so as to return it to our its original condition many of us have damaged souls damaged emotions damaged wills damaged thoughts and the bible says that god loves restoring people and he will restore our soul our mind will and emotion and return it to its original condition when you were born your soul was healthy but it's all the junk that's happened to you anybody ever had any junk happen to you 
It's all the junk that's happened to us that has damaged our souls. And the Bible says that God restores our souls. Then Psalm chapter 51 verse 10. God restores our joy. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your free, some translations say your generous spirit. Restoring our joy. Do you remember that? Remember the joy? I remember when I gave my life to Christ. I, my, I was miserable. I was a miserable person. And I wasn't, I was, I was miserable really because I tried so hard. To, I tried so hard to be good and to be godly and I was raised in church and I wanted to be a, a godly person and I tried and tried and tried and the harder I tried the more miserable that I was and then one day I realized what I need to do is surrender my life to Christ and let the Holy Spirit come in and do this and when I did that I still remember that night you remember that night I still remember the night Connie and I gave our lives to Christ and I remember the joy. Wow, it was just like all my sins are forgiven and I am free. It was amazing, quite amazing. But then, life happens. Anybody in here experience life? Life happens. The devil will try to discourage you and try to take your joy because Nehemiah 8.10 tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I don't care what a person is going through. You show me a person that's full of joy and I'll show you a person that's strong in the midst of the worst adversity. You show me a person that doesn't have joy and I'll show you somebody that's emotionally flimsy. And it doesn't matter even if they're not going through anything, we're still miserable. The joy of the Lord is our strength and this scripture says that God restores our joy now joy is not the same thing as happiness you can have joy and not be happy happiness depends on outward circumstances people did what you wanted them to do people gave you what they wanted you to give life is good life looks good everything is going your way that makes me happy and I anybody like to be happy I like to be happy you know, I like, I like it when things go my way. But joy is something internal. It's something that comes from the Holy Spirit. And when you have joy, the circumstances cannot be going your way. And still there's something on the inside that gives you strength. It's the joy of the Lord. And I'm going to venture to say that if you've made a decision to follow Christ, you've had it. You may not have it today, but you had it. <clears throat> and if you haven't made a decision to follow Christ, you can have it. And this scripture here says that God restores to us the joy of our salvation. He doesn't want us going through life miserable because, number one, he doesn't want us to be miserable. And number two, God wants strong disciples. And strong disciples are because of the joy that they have. Thirdly, Joel chapter 2, verse 24 through 25. God will restore to you the years that the enemy has stolen from you. 
The enemy has stolen money from me. He's stolen a lot of things from me over the years. I'm making him pay. We'll talk about that in a second. But I think the thing that bothers me most of all is the time that's been stolen. Joel 2, 24 through 25, the threshing floors shall be full of wheat and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Restoration. Sometimes we fall for the enemy's tricks and end up wasting time. Anybody ever fallen for the enemy's trick and ended up wasting time? In a, in a dead-end relationship, a dead-end career, misplaced focus. And you look back and go, wow, wish I had all that time back. The Bible says that God will restore the years. Not just the seconds or the minutes, but the years that have been stolen by the enemy. I like this message. Here's one of my favorites. Jeremiah 30, 17 says that God will restore your health. It says, I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. Jeremiah 30, 17. Healing is a part of God's restoration process in our lives. We were healthy, then we weren't. And healing is a part of God's restoration. Jesus healed people who were born with their infirmities. That's a creative miracle. They were born blind. Jesus touched them and healed them and created sight where there had not been any sight before. That's a creative miracle. What we're talking about today is restoration. You could see clearly, now you can't. You could hear clearly, now you can't. You could walk well, now you can't. You could breathe well, now you can't. And God is about restoration. That's why in Matthew chapter 12, verse 13, when it talks about Jesus ministering to a man with a withered hand, it uses the word restoration. It says God, Jesus restored the man's withered hand, which means the hand was fine at one time, but disease had crippled it. And when Jesus ministered to him, he restored him. Mark 8, 25, a blind man. It says his sight was restored, which means he could see at one time, now he can't, and Jesus restored his sight. And so I want to prophesy to you and say that God wants to restore your health. Restoration. Isn't it great to have a God that wants to restore us? I love serving a God like that. Now, because of the nature of God, our Father, in us, we are also agents of His restoration. So it's not just God that restores, but we are also agents of His restoration. First of all, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says we're to restore one another. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. There's a lot in this scripture. I could preach a whole sermon on this scripture right here. This says, if anybody, do you know anybody, do you know a brother or sister who happens to be overtaken with a sin? This is not talking about somebody who slips up. This is talking about someone who is gripped by a sin. Then the Bible says that those of you who are spiritual, 
Some people think this is their spiritual gift to go point out people's sins. This first of all says, those of you who are spiritual. So if I asked a question, a show of hands, how many of you are spiritual? People would go, uh, I don't uh, honey, am I spiritual? I don't know. What this, what being spiritual means that we've had a time of self-examination. We've looked at ourselves and we know what's in our heart. Doesn't say those of you that are perfect. It says those of you that are spiritual. Or to restore someone. Listen, criticism, gossip, and restoration are not the same things. Restoration means that you may be overtaken with something that's really eating your lunch. Something that's really you're trying to overcome. And that I'm committed to seeing you restored. I'm not going to criticize you. I'm not going to gossip about 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 you. But rather, I'm committed to your restoration. Call me. Let's talk. Let's meet. Let me let's share let's spend time once a week. Let me pray for I'm not a I'm not a counselor and I'm not a you may think you're not a counselor which you you may be are not. You're not a pastor. You want to help them get the help they need. But listen, I'm here to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you every week and I, I just want to sit down and you don't have to pour your guts out to me if you don't want to, but let me pray for you and I want you to know I'm going to pray you through this. Restoring one another. Not shunning one another, restoring one another. Now, I'm a firm believer that you can't help people that don't want help. That's my A number one rule as a pastor I can't help people that don't want help if they don't want help I can't help them and there are people that want help that don't want help and I can't help them but people that want help I'll pray you through anything and I'll pray day and night and I'll and I'll call you and I'll and I'll and I'm committed to you and we need believers so I don't want my phone to ring next week. Pastor, I want you to do this. We've got a whole church full of people committed to this. To see restoration in people's lives. If that's you, say amen. amen. Luke chapter 19 verse 8 says, There needs to be restoration when we have wronged others. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out here and say this. I'm going to be really brave and bold when I say this. Every single one of us in this room has wronged somebody. i got two amens. Everybody else is going, not me. Yes, you did. Every person in here, sometime in your life, maybe it was 20 years ago, but everybody here has wronged somebody sometime. And in Luke 19.8, Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, had stolen money from the people he was collecting taxes from. But when he met Jesus, it says, Then Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. Who have you wronged? Time for restoration. Oh, they've forgotten about it. It's not about them. This is about you and your heart. Some years ago, some years ago, I was, uh, uh, my dad I don't, I don't know how this happened, but my dad had bought a watch for somebody. I was an adult. I was in my 20s, and my dad had bought a watch for somebody, and he, 
Uh, and it was laying there, it was on the counter on, on a box, and I thought, wow, that's a nice watch. I don't know why today's message is so much about watches. So that's, wow, that's a nice watch. And I, and I put it on, and I don't, I don't, I didn't mean to, like, keep it, but I put it on, and I wore it around the house, and uh, I hit it against something. I'm rough on watches. I've taken really good care of this one, though, by the way. I scratched it. I scratched the face of this brand new watch. It wasn't an expensive watch. I don't know what it cost, but it wasn't, it wasn't an Omega, it wasn't a Rolex, it wasn't anything like that. But I scratched it. And uh, I took it off, put it back in the box, and I told him what I did. I said, I, I scratched this watch. He said, I had plans for that watch. I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I said, I'll replace it. I never did. About 10 years ago, I was in my 20s then. About 10 years ago, I was in my prayer time. And I, had, I hadn't thought about that in 20 years. And the Holy Spirit brought that to my mind. And he said, I want you to pay him for that watch. And I went, oh man, I, I completely forgot all those years ago. Has the Holy Spirit ever brought something to your mind that is so old nobody else remembers it? But you do? So I wrote a check out for what I thought was probably twice what the watch was worth. And I took it and I gave it to my dad. He said, what's this for? I said, this is for, and I reminded him about it. He said, I have no idea what you're talking about. I said, yeah. And I, and I reminded him again. He said, I don't remember that. He said, you keep that. And I said, no, please. You keep it. I need to give this to you. Please keep this. And he did. And I'm so thankful for that. The Holy Spirit brought to my mind, you need to bring restoration where you damaged something. And so it's, it's not always about material things. It can be about someone's heart that you've damaged, someone that you've lied about or gossiped about or somebody that you've hurt in, a, uh, in years gone by. Or it could have been last week. It could have been this morning. But we need to be agents of restoration. Amen? And then thirdly, Job chapter 42 verse 10 says, God restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Listen, when we pray and participate in the re restoration of others, we reap what we sow. You have areas, some of you are thinking, I wonder how this works. How would I, I have areas of my life that need to be restored. What do I need to do? What are the five steps, the six principles, the three? What are the three things I need to do? To bring restoration to my life and this is a huge key right here and that is when we pray and participate in the restoration of others who do you know that needs to be restored participate in their restoration and you'll reap what you sow now i love this scripture right here proverbs chapter 6 verse 30 through 31 even satan is into restoration even though he's not excited about it because Proverbs 6, 30 through 31 says, People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's starving. Yet when a thief is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up everything he owns. And when Satan has stolen things from us, stolen relationships, stolen health, stolen money, stolen time, stolen dreams... When Satan has stolen from us, the Bible says that a thief, and John 10.10 calls uh, Satan the thief. 
that the thief, Satan, has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus Christ came to give abundant life. And so when that thief has stolen from you, anybody in here could say that Satan has stolen something from you? Two people. Has Satan not stolen anything from you? The Bible says he not only has to bring it back, he has to restore seven times. Seven times. There ought to be some rich people in here today. Seven times what he has stolen. God wants to restore all things in your life. Whatever was good in your life that today is missing, God wants to restore it. And he loves it. He, he loves restoring. He wants to restore everything. God looks at your life and he says, yes, you're worth everything that he has and will invest in you. God sees past the mess of your life to see into your future. And he has invested his only son. God has invested the Holy Spirit in you to bring restoration. And you're worth everything that God's invested in you. Say, I'm worth it. Now, here's the clincher. You must be willing to make an investment in your restoration. Even though this watch was restored by the Omega Watch Company. They restored it. I couldn't have done that, but I had to make an investment. It cost me $550. So they didn't entirely restore it because I had a part of it. I certainly didn't entirely uh, restore it because they had a part of it, but I had to make an investment in their ability to restore this watch. So the watch, watch this, watch what I do here. Everybody ready? The watch was sent to its creator for restoration. The Omega Watch Company created this watch. It's got their stamp on it. You were created by God and you have God's stamp on your life. And God wants to restore everything that the enemy has stolen from you. He wants to restore everything that you've foolishly thrown away. God wants to restore all things to you. So what are you willing to invest to see restoration in your life? In your children. What are you willing to invest in your children to see God's restoration in their life? What are you willing to invest in your relationships? What are you willing to invest in the dreams that God has placed in your heart? And so many times, would you all stand with me, please? Y'all, y'all, you all, y'all, all y'all, your mom and them. What are you willing to invest to see restoration in your life? The big challenge that people have in restoration is there are two big ditches one of them is i need restoration in my life and god's going to do it all and i don't have to do anything the other big ditch is i need restoration in my life and i'm going to have to do it i can't depend on god but you have your part god has his part what you need to do is just make up your mind you know what I'm going to become a partner with God to see him restore everything that's been stolen from me everything that I've foolishly thrown away I'm going to partner with God and I'm going to begin to believe him again many of you have written off the dreams you've written off the relationships you've written off the things that were once a part of your life and said I'll never experience that again but I'm here to tell you that you will because God is a restorer come on somebody of all things 
God's a restorer of all things. What have you lost? What do you not have? God wants to restore it today. Come on up here, sweetheart. Bring your microphone because we're going we're gonna to pray for our congregation right now. Would you bow your heads, please? Close your eyes just for a moment. If you've lost something that needs to be restored, Connie and I are going to come into agreement with you. I want you to raise your hand real high. Just say, just a, as a way of surrender and just saying, I want, I want God to restore my life. I want God to restore my heart. I want God to restore my relationship with Him or my relationship with someone else. I want God to bring restoration to my dreams. I want God to bring restoration to my kids. I want God to bring restoration to my health. I want God to bring restoration to my future. I want God to bring restoration. Raise your hands real high as an act of surrender right now. Honey, would you pray? Father God, we just come before you right now. We thank you, Lord, for these hands that are lifted, that are trusting you, believing in you, believing what your word says, and knowing that you are the restorer of all things that are good. And we just thank you for that, Lord. I especially pray right now for those who are lifting their hands, wondering how in the world, God, are you going to do this? Because they've lost uh, they've lost a marriage relationship. Their their marriage is split up and their uh, their former spouse is remarried or, or gone or there's no hope for that situation in the natural in this world. And I just, I, I'm reminded, Lord, of, of the story of Job. His children were wiped away by a great wind and his uh, everything was destroyed, but you gave him back. You gave him new stuff. And I just want to, new stuff i just want to ask you lord to speak to their hearts and let them know that you've got a plan for them that it was always there that it's never changed that you knew the things that would happen ha that have happened would happen and you still have a good plan for them lord i thank you that they're able to look to you and look to their future with hope because of what you've done for them through the lord jesus christ and through his death on the cross i thank you lord for those that they realize that the the years have, have been passed have passed away, and that there's uh, there's so much that they could have done when they were younger, and now they're at this particular age of their life, and they look at all the wasted time. And but you promise, Lord, that you could restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Yes, God. And what's impossible with man is possible with you. So we just thank you, Lord, for ministering to these hearts and bringing hope to every single person with their hand up. Thank you, Father. That's good. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Man, something just leapt in my spirit. When she said new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. If this watch, if I hadn't beaten the watch up, and I had kept it since 1971, it would still have some wear. But this watch, the crystal is new. The hands are original. The face is original. Some of the workings on the inside are original. But the crystal is new. The band is new. The stem is new. The clasp is new. All of that is new. So in order for this original watch to be restored I had to have some new stuff come on somebody I had to have some new stuff 
And I'm prophesying to you that what God wants to restore is not old stuff. He wants to take the old stuff that's good and he wants to restore with new stuff. I always say new stuff. I'm believing God for new stuff. New relationships. I'm believing God for new stuff. In Jesus' name. And we're not going to hold on to the old dead stuff so tightly that we can't recognize and embrace the new stuff. That's good. You know, this watch is such a great illustration. I, uh, I'm glad that because in that baggie, I had the old band, the old watch band. It had green mold on it. I'm glad they didn't sew it back together and put the old watch band back on this. <laughs> I got new stuff. New stuff. And some of the old stuff is broken. And God wants to restore it with new stuff. Amen. Did you receive that word today? Amen. Thank you, baby. We're going to receive communion this morning. And, man, what, what a better time to receive communion than when we're talking about restoration. And God knew that you were worth it. You were worth it when Jesus went to the cross. You were worth it when Jesus, the sinless Son of God, died for your sins. You were worth it. You look at your life. I know I looked at my life and thought, why would he want me? I looked at this bag of watch parts and and asked the guy, is this worth restoring? And you may be looking at your life saying, am I worth restoring? I, I came to church because I was hoping it would make me feel better, but really, am I worth restoring? And Jesus went to the cross for you, my friend, because you were worth everything he invested in you. Everything. Now, what you need to do is make a decision to follow Christ and the Holy Spirit is drawing you into the kingdom of God. Would you bow your heads, please, everyone? Bow your heads, close your eyes. God knew that you were worth everything that he invested We're going to receive communion in just a moment. And communion is a celebration of Jesus' death for you, for all of us. God loves each one of you, every person in this room. God has a plan for every single life. Because of sin, all of us were separated from God. But Jesus Christ came and paid that price for your sin. Because you were worth it. what you need to do is just accept it you need to say yes yes I'll take the action to have the watch restored yes I'll take the action to receive Jesus Christ and be restored in my inner man what you need to do is is make a decision to follow Christ in just a moment I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right there where you are and I'm going to pray a prayer with you repenting for your sins acknowledging that Jesus is the Lord of your life and asking the Holy Spirit to come in and empower you to be the Christian, the Bible promises you that you can be. And you can do that right there where you're standing. Maybe you've never done this before, never been to church before, or maybe you used to serve God and you've fallen away from the Lord. Something's come between you and God. And today's your day and the Holy Spirit's drawing you into the kingdom of God. So heads bowed, please. All over the building, eyes closed, please. Those of you that want to make a decision to follow Christ, And want to receive God's gift of salvation that Jesus paid for you on the cross because you're worth it. I want you to raise your hand. 
right there where you are. I'm going to pray a prayer with you right there where you're standing. Raise your hand now. God bless you. I see your hand there and your hand there. Your hand over here. God bless you. Who else? Today's a day of restoration. Get in on it. Allow God to restore your life. Anyone else? You got hands raised already? You can join them. Anyone else? One more time. Okay, you put your hands down. We got several people that have raised their hands that want to be restored in their relationship with Jesus Christ. So we're going to pray a prayer with you right there where you're standing. Actually, all of us are going to pray this prayer with you together because you're about to become our brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen, all of us were broken. All of us have done what you're about to do. We were all broken. Jesus Christ came for us. We don't come to church because we're good. We come to church to meet God because he's the healer of our hearts. So let's all bow our heads. Close our eyes and let's all pray this prayer with them together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I thank you that you willingly came and paid the price for my sin with your death on the cross so that I could be free to serve you, free to spend eternity with you, free to fulfill my destiny in you. Free to to experience your restoration power in my life. So I repent for my sins today. And I say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come and live on the inside of me now. And empower me to be the Christian that the Bible promises me I can be. As I come to church and get involved in church life. My life will never be the same after this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give a big hand for all those who made decisions to follow Christ today.